You're listening to Paz de Chipotle, the show that will take you to discover the edible treasures of Mexico. I'm your host, Rocío Carvajal, food historian, cook, and author. To find more information about the show, go to pazdechipotle.com. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to this episode featuring the first of many great interviews with authors, cooks, bloggers, and entrepreneurs that I've prepared for you for the second season of the show. My guest this week is Meli Martinez, Mexican expat who has been living in the U.S. for over 10 years now. A school teacher by training, who, like many of us, myself included, developed many passions and pursuits in life. But it was a mix of factors, including motherhood, that prompted her to start a personal project to preserve a crucial part of her identity and cultural heritage. And it came in the shape of traditional recipes of the food she grew up with in Mexico and wanted to pass on to her son. And that is how nine years ago, she became the author of Mexico in my kitchen. Today, one of America's most famous blogs for Mexican homestyle food. I am truly grateful with Melly for sharing her personal story, which in a way has the endearing commonality of all the mothers, fathers and grandparents who leave their homeland, leaving behind family and friends, but taking with them the ability to reproduce the food that will nourish their children's cultural identity. Before we start, I want to thank you for your messages and comments about the show and Sabor, this is Mexican Food Magazine. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and take a moment to leave a review because this will help the show reach more people and grow the global audience of Paz de Chipotle. All the links mentioned in this episode will be available on my website, pazdechipotle.com. And now I'll leave you to it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Nelly, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Rocio, thank you for having me today in your show and for the opportunity to communicate with your audience. I am very grateful and honored for your invitation. No, no, the pleasure is all mine, believe me. Meli, I have found your path to finding in traditional food such a powerful voice to embrace your heritage, or should I say our common Mexican heritage, um, truly inspiring. It's, it's such a lovely story that in essence is universal And I think it really speaks to thousands of migrants in the world who can relate to this. Let us begin this conversation by taking you back to your very early childhood in Mexico. And tell me, what is the food, like, what is the first food memory that you have and why it became so important to you? Take us back to that moment and draw a picture for us, if you please, Meli. Wow, this is an excellent question, and I am happy to share this memory with the audience. When I was a little girl, I used to spend the summers at my grandma's ranch in Pano, Veracruz, 
near my hometown of Tampico. I remember when I wake up, sometimes my grandma would send us out to collect kindle for the fire. And once the fire was lit, the whole kitchen came to life. It was a very organized process and everyone had their little workstation. I would grind the corn in the metal grinder and my aunt would grind it in the metate. And my grandma made the tortillas and the rest of the breakfast from scratch. We also collected the fresh eggs from the grass-fed hens and that we have in the ranch. And everything we cook smelled delicious and invited. And it was no surprise because all the ingredients we used to cook were fresh. And the f- no additives or artificial flavoring on those times. Uh, the memories are important to me, I guess, because they inspired me to create the blog where all my recipes are prepared the old-fashioned way, like my grandma used to cook in that kitchen with my aunts and my cousins where we worked together to make the meal for all the employees of the farm. Wow, that's such a a lovely beginning and thank you for taking us back to to your grandma's kitchen. Now, here is um, kind of a double question. So when I was asked how you how your blog started, who do you think have been your primary sources? And I can already imagine uh, your family uh, had a big a big role uh, from whom you had all the inspiration and knowledge that nourished your passion for expressing your heritage and creativity through food. And and the other question, so you can take your time, is uh, when did you actually realize? that you had a really unique talent to communicate this and inspire other people. Wow, I definitely credit, I think, the cooks in my family, my grandma, my aunts. They really inspired me. When I was growing up, I loved to visit them. <laughs> I just, I used to like, like to go at lunchtime uninvited and see how they work in the kitchen. And because each of my aunt has a very different style of cooking and I loved to be there, experience the kitchen and how they cook. That's, that's one of the, I think that's, they inspire me to do that. Each of them have a different way of cook. Additionally, through my travels, I have interacted with lots of cooks from restaurants, from food stands, and from people living in the farms. And I always like to learn something from them. And I always ask, how do you cook this salsa? What do you put in there? I am always asking and people is very kind and always tell you, tell you the recipe or the little secret. And I could say that one of the reasons uh, I have the blog to promote the Mexican cuisine is after living several years here in the States, um, people, when we used to go to parties or to church gatherings, people ask questions because when you bring up when you are in a potluck you always bring a dish from your country and people start asking how did you make this or why Mexico they use you know thinking that everything is spicy and then you start telling them no not everything is spicy so you start explaining to them how actually Mexican food uh, I don't know it's suddenly I realized that I have a knowledge that I could easily communicate to others because it's my it's a passion that I have for food. <laughs> well Nelly used to be a teacher but you know once a teacher you're always a teacher of course you have 
that talent in you uh, for communicating. So, in a way, I think you're very much following a very long-standing tradition of keeping family recipe books. You also told me before we started that you have a real passion for um, vintage and uh, heritage recipe books. And I think maybe in the past 10 years or so, there's been a worldwide um, interest and, and passion for publishing such recipe scrapbooks, which have now become the cultural document of social history. But you are a very modern mother. And you turned into blogging to actually record something that is obviously very important for you to preserve. And it's my understanding that it all started as a cultural legacy that you wanted to do for your son and, of course, well, your future grandchildren. Well, I'm very curious. How did you come up with this idea to do this for him? And I think the listeners will be very curious, or at least I'm very, very curious to know how is he enjoying this ongoing project? Like, does he take part in the preparation with you? I'm sure he enjoys eating all of your <laughs> delicious food. But how did this happen? Mm, well, first of all, growing up, we didn't have cookbooks or any recipe books uh, uh, in my family. But I started collecting them when, when I got married. And um, because I wanted to learn more. Uh, the recipes from my family has been passing down just by watching and learning how to cook them by doing them. And, uh, and I start collecting those vintage books with the years. And for my son, well, that, um, the idea about the blog, it is very original because the people at church told me that why you don't write a book about Mexican food? And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. But I am a good, I was a good, I still a good procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started writing some recipes, but I did, I never got past writing a couple of recipes. And later on, I thought about putting the recipes on a blog instead of a book. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the idea because it would be very easy for my son or anyone else to access this from anywhere. Nowadays, people move to other countries and marry people from other cultures. And this blog was going to be easy, accessible whenever he will be. So no matter where life took my son, he could always keep in touch with her mom cooking. Uh, my son helps me a lot with the blog. I will say I'm starting to make videos. He helped me with the videos. Sometimes he helped me with social media. He helped with the eating. <laughs> It's the best part for him. And I will say that he's very proud of what I have, we, we have been doing. He likes to see how people in social media comment on the recipes and share their experience, send the pictures, tell about how their family are enjoying the cooking. And when they send me thank you letters, I, I think he really likes that and he feels really proud of his mom. Oh. Of course he does. And I think uh, it won't be too long till he starts uh, joining you in the cooking or maybe making his own creations. I would really, really would love to see you two cooking together. I think I think that's something you deserve <laughs> each other, to do something together. Yeah, um, that would be fun. <laughs> but I, he's more into uh, finance and that kind of stuff, mathematics and accounting. He, he just like eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's also fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, this passion of yours that started like a very 
personal and a very loving project that you want to do for your for your own kid well it rapidly turned into a very successful uh, blog and for the listeners uh, let me remind you that the blog's name is mexicoinmykitchen.com and it has clearly become an important part of a bigger social phenomena which is making visible the enormous culinary and cultural heritage of thousands of Mexican migrants that every year go to America in search for a better life. And I really think that the American society itself, in its own way, has embraced the very resistible appeal of Mexican food. I'm sure loads of aspiring food bloggers, um, especially in America, whether they be Mexicans, or Americans married to Mexicans, or simply foodies, uh, just really look up to you and wonder how can they become as successful as you. And also I'm sure they're wondering if they can actually make a living out of this now that we are switching into into this digital economy. So knowing that you have such a big experience uh, and you've been doing this for a number of years, which advice would you give them to grow and professionalize while still remaining authentic because I know this is uh, uh, something really really is important for you and we were discussing this before that there's plenty of recipe uh, indexes in the internet but Mexican food really to be understood and fully appreciated needs to come with a cultural background to, to understand it and to enjoy it uh, in a much deeper way so what would you tell to aspiring bloggers? Mm. I believe that a blogger must have a respect for the reader. I think I always think of the readers, always think of them before anything else. Uh, I think of the readers and the time almost always try to be accurate. And if you are saying that something's authentic, just make sure that the recipes are really authentic. <laughs> Keep in mind that the readers mm-hmm. are going to spend their time and their money in preparing the recipe. I always think of the reader in his kitchen or her kitchen, following the recipe, having her computer or her iPad and trying to follow a recipe. So keep them in mind. You are, you are mm-hmm. doing something for them. So make sure that it is a quality recipe and not something that you just made once and took a picture of it and put a pause to grow your blog. <laughs> uh, I mean, try to make something that has quality, that has a good background that you did your research. Well, I think we, the reader, they say mm-hmm. respect. That's the main thing always. And on another note, uh, with respect to the people that call authentic something, it's extremely important to take into account that the region and the personal variations of a recipe are so many. I often receive messages from people telling me that the recipe is incorrect mm-hmm. and is not authentic because their mother always added mm-hmm. something or never used a certain ingredient in a dish. And they don't realize that a recipe can have different variations that are popular in different parts of the country. And on top of that, each cook can add their personal touches to a dish. Recipes can evolve as they pass from generation to generation. Your grandma did it one way, my mother another way, and you add another ingredient. 
And while there are so many dishes that are typically or readily changed, there are a lot of recipes that can vary from one house to another. My neighbor make it different than I do. Uh, is the to call something authentic? I don't know. The food evolves and it's been changing a lot. <laughs> Just make sure that you do some research. That's that's one of the things. And, uh, and one of the reasons that I that this is important to emphasize is because uh, there are bloggers out there that get a hold of a recipe from one person or from one book. Or maybe they travel to one single place in Mexico and they assume that the particular recipe is prepared the same way everywhere in the country. Mm. And then they make a blog post claiming that that's the one and only true authentic version. When in reality it's not. And then they don't believe, they don't understand that when you post something out on the internet, the people is gonna believe you. So, out of respect of the reader, don't misinform them. So, if you are not sure that's an accurate recipe, I, I always tell them, this is how they do it in certain part of the country. Because maybe just in the town outside that state or that region, they make a difference. So in order to remain professional when dealing with a complex and a diverse cuisine like Mexican food, I recommend that writers do a lot of research before making claims of authenticity. Uh, when I cook something, I tell them, this is my own version. This is how my mom makes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. so because claim something authentic is even for me to say I sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. You have to study digging a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's absolutely important. I'm really, really glad you uh, actually went that way um, with your answer. I think there's been probably two tendencies now that we have seen, not necessarily only in social media, but also in gastronomic studies. So one is uh, more aligned to precisely authenticity or the almost obsession uh, I don't know if you would agree with mm-hmm. me, uh, with authenticity. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, chefs have all the merit in the world because they studied for long years, they paid a lot of money, and they have made a career of that. These great chefs who travel the world and try a few dishes, and then they make, uh, something that is a totally different interpretation that is not at all the traditional way. It is okay to experiment with that, so long as you always uh, stress out to your readers. This is my personal touch, my personal interpretation. And the mm-hmm. other thing goes on the line of precisely about um, the way many gastronomic researchers see traditional food. That sometimes, because of their training, they sort of like to categorize a recipe or categorize a method of preparation, and they start insisting on on preserving this heritage absolutely intact when they are missing. <laughs> something that you clearly said just now. The whole point of traditional cooking and authentic cooking does not reside in something that doesn't change, in something that doesn't move. Remaining authentic and remaining traditional means that you are dealing, especially with intangible heritage, that is food, something that is constantly changing. Because, you know, like you said before, Mm-hmm. Your your aunts had different uh, ways of seasoning, something yes. that here in Mexico we call 
sazón. Sazón. Uh, uh -huh. The flavor of the hand that, that makes the food. Yeah, that's exactly. That's one of the things that when somebody send me a letter and say, I follow your recipe, it's exactly like my grandma, but it doesn't taste like my grandma. And then I tell them, your grandma's natural oils that she has in her hands and all the love that she has for you isn't that dish that she used to make and I cannot give Is you that. Is that the perfect answer? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That only your grandma can give it that personal touch. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. That is something um, I'm really passionate about sharing with the world that, that Mexican food is not the case of following a recipe to the letter. It's really like tita y como va para chocolate, like water for uh -huh. chocolate, the novel. You know, it's the love you put in, in what makes it really tasty. Yes. <laughs> no? I always tell them, I give you a list of ingredients, I give you an amount, but you have to make it your own because mm -hmm. you know how your family like the food. Maybe they like it salty, maybe they like it spicy, maybe they mm -hmm. like more with a little bit more uh, black pepper. So you make it your own and then it's your recipe. It's no Melly's recipe, it's yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pearls of wisdom every time. <laughs> we really need to understand that um, precisely traditional Mexican home cooking, yes, it will be tasty, it will be a memorable experience, but above all, it will be genuine and it will be something authentic. Traditional cooks are very generous people who will never say no when you ask for the recipe, who will never say... Mm -hmm this is mine, no, uh, or you can't do it. They will always come up with, with a very loving answer, like, like the one you just gave. No? Thank you. <laughs> now, moving on, talking about now uh, about your perspective and your experience uh, living in, in the US for more than 10 years, the voices of chefs like Anthony Bourdain and documentaries like The Immigrant Kitchens, Chef's Table and the Mind of a Chef. I think they all have contributed to raise awareness of the big role that Mexicans have in their in the food industry. And I think these communities, these Mexican communities, suddenly have uh, gone under the spotlight and say like, whoa, this is your moment to shine. This is your moment to, to prove what is authentic, mm -hmm. to show the world what really Mexican food is about. That is my view from outside America. But um, have you perceived um, this new trend there? I will say so, and that's, that's a very interesting point. We are living in an increasingly diverse world, and sometimes the difference in our cultures come from a barrier to stop us from learning from one of each other's and getting along together. But lucky for us, we love food. And the cuisine <laughs> is, is something that links us as a culture. Food is some sort of common denominator denominator for people of, of interest. I think I have lived in several places of the United States and I have gotten to know people from other cultures, from India, from Asia, from Europe, from the Middle East. And one of the things that people love is food. And we can really enjoy a good conversation about food and, and in using food as a conversation, we get to know our own cultures, our uh, how we are in the world. And so I think that that's something that has opened up an opportunity for for us to to be a part of this culture because, it, as you just say, Mexican food now 
is trending. So yes, the topic of food can be a getaway mm -hmm. to learning much more about our the people, our our heritage too. Yes, exactly. In a way, I think Mexican food is now a trend, and trends can be great, but can also be very dry in the sense that it doesn't mm -hmm. go beyond the glossy photo on Instagram. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of shallow or can 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 be trivialized mm -hmm. very very quickly. And I think um, the society itself, and, and especially migrant communities, have made a really, really good work by embracing this opportunity of being a voice that now is being heard to not continue this uh, trivializing, but actually digging deeper. And, yes. Mm -hmm, yeah, and, and building a bridge of communication. And if food is the conversation starter... Well, I mean, couldn't be better, no? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is a bit off topic. Have you been invited or, or, or being in, in this sort of exchange uh, opportunities um, with different traditional home cooks? Uh, just in my church, I used to belong to a big church and we used to have a lot of uh, events with everybody will bring a dish mm -hmm. from their own mm -hmm. country. And uh, um, I am a very private person, so I always have to keep myself home. <laughs> Just now that I moved to Texas, actually, I'm getting to go out more to events and getting to know more people, to socialize. Uh, I used to be a very shy person. I, I, I know anymore. I think as I get older, <laughs> I don't care too much. But uh, now I'm being invited to to events. Unfortunately, I don't. Ha I haven't had the time to go. But I have been invited not to multicultural events, but to events that represent Mexico, like the Mexican culture in Houston and Austin here in Texas. I have been invited to go to events that talks about Mexican food. Uh, no, no, no. Recently, any other event, but I'm gonna start doing that. But that is a promise. I'm gonna hold you accountable for. <laughs> I mean, Meli is such a talented cook, very generous. She has a very loving following with the people who approach to her with questions about the recipes. And she says she's very shy, but this lady has up to today 19.6k followers on Instagram. You are big. You have to embrace <laughs> your fame. <laughs> I receive a lot of messages during the day. And I try to answer almost every single one with questions. People ask me what kind of comal I use, what kind of pot, what kind of <laughs> brand of chorizo I use, what is happening with my tortillas. Uh, I, I answer almost every single message that I get, the questions from people. And I think that's what they like, that I like to help. That's, that's one of the things. I, I want people to be able to cook Mexican food at home. Uh, if they if they are able to replicate a recipe, it's, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a big, big um, achievement indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we're almost uh, reaching the end of the, the interview, but I'd like to ask you, going back a bit to, to your blog, which do you think have been uh, the three most valuable uh, business lessons? I mean, I know it's a big part of your life and I know it's natural to you. It comes, you know, like a natural thing to you, uh, for you to share. It also can be something very profitable as well without uh, loose authenticity. In, in these past years, which would you think have been the three most important first personal goals that you have achieved through your work? 
and the three most valuable uh, business lessons? Mm, business lessons, I think, follow your passion, do what you like. That you you read that in every where that they say follow your passion. But when you are doing what you like, the business will grow as a result from your efforts because people see that you are doing something that you really like. Develop a plan, write it down, act, act upon it, and constantly evaluate what is working and what is not working. Don't rush in things. Be patient. I know some people want to become insta-famous. <laughs> But uh, don't rush. Don't rush things. Just do the things. Uh, put an effort on quality, not in quantity. Uh, like I say, in life... Things take time to develop. As that's, that would be the lessons. And take your time to do quality work. And about my goals, well, I want to keep doing what I do, promoting the Mexican food, the homemade cuisine, the food that we eat at home in Mexico. Uh, I hope more people in the world get to know us as a culture. And... And I would like to keep doing that with a lot of respect for my country because I think our food and, uh, is part of our culture, the Mexican gastronomy. And always with a lot of respect for my country and um, because my followers deserve that. They, they deserve that for me. Uh, help people to learn about the Mexican cuisine and improve their culinary experience. I want them to learn to cook Mexican food as if they were in Mexico. And to continue to research and learn more about Mexican food. I, I love every night. I have a stack of books in my night stuff. They are my storybooks. I, I have, that's what I like to do at night. Read all the old books and read about food. The history is a passion for me. This to be To keep exploring. I don't know. I could spend an entire lifetime studying Mexican cuisine and learn something new every single day. It's an endless source yeah. of inspiration. Mm -hmm. Indeed. I would really like to carry on talking for hours with you. But, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Would you please share with the audience your plans for the future? Uh, we sort of tangentially mentioned some uh, have you envisioned uh, something new for your for your blog or like a bigger project and of course how can people reach you your social media accounts and the platforms where they can find your amazing work well uh, currently our main project is producing more videos for YouTube not a short version <laughs> we just started doing that this year additionally I've been wanting to create a small ebook And also a larger project of mine is I would like to have a, a hard copy book. My first book, people have been asking me for more than three years. People have been saying, when are you going to have a book? If you have, when you have your book, I want three. One for me and two for my daughters. I know it's something that they have been asking me for quite some time, but that will take longer to make. 
I'm happy to receive many comments, requests, suggestions from the people. And I welcome their feedback. And people can follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest. Just look for Mexico in my kitchen. I am there in Mexico in my kitchen. And that's where you can find me. That's easy. Just Mexico in my kitchen. Just a little note. I add the name of Mexico in my kitchen is because when I came here to the States, I didn't want my family to miss Mexico. And I say, if we cannot go to Mexico, I'm going to bring Mexico to my kitchen. So that's what the blog name is, Mexico no. in my kitchen. <laughs> and that you have done, Meli, multiplied thousands of times. Thank you. No, thank you <laughs> for putting our cuisine in such high regards. Now, paisana, that means uh, country mate. Muchas, muchas gracias for being here. I really appreciate your time and I'm really, really happy to, to have had you on the show. Please, people, don't forget to follow Meli. Remember, Mexico in my kitchen. Uh, her full name is Meli Martinez. So you will find her again, find her on Instagram, Facebook, uh, visit her blog and enjoy all her lovely family recipes. Uh, of course, share them back uh, so you can make her proud. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's it for this interview, Meli. Really, really appreciate you having Thank me Thank you, Rocio. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure for me. Thank you. Now, people, please stay tuned. We'll be back after this break. Day or night, the busy streets of Mexico's towns and cities are constantly buzzing with music, people, and the delicious smells that emanate from an unimaginable and amazing range of foods, snacks, and drinks. The fall issue of Sabor, This is Mexican Food, celebrates the world-famous Mexican street food and the cultural value of the nation's rich and ethnically diverse cooking traditions. With more than 16 emblematic recipes from the grand Mexican street food repertoire and five in-depth articles exploring the memorable stories of immigration and entrepreneurship, family recipes and shared cultures to inspire you making a delicious cultural feast. Coming September 8, the fall issue will be available for you to purchase a wonderful culinary adventure. This Friday, go to pasdechipotle.com forward slash magazine and get ready to cook, learn and enjoy Mexican food like you never imagined. I really hope you have enjoyed this episode and that this conversation has inspired you to pursue or continue your journey of discovery and enjoyment of Mexican gastronomy and culture. Thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe to my newsletter. Go to pasdechipotle.com. The next episode of the show will air on September 25. Well, that's it for today. Goodbye from me, my friends. Until the next time. <laughs>